Paragraph Mem Gimel. We dedicate the learning today on the 8th of Tammuz, Le'ilu Nishmas Moshe ben Yaakov Yitzchak, and also Le'ilu Nishmas Tuvia Brav Yisrael Yitzchak, Yerachmiel Daniel ben Gedalia, and Rosa Bas Itamar, and for a complete refu shalema for all those that need it, B'Soch Shafra Yisrael. Till now we've spoken about toiveling Kalim, dipping Kalim in the mikvah. Now Rav is going to touch on another topic, the topic of koshering kalim, a kalim that was used by a non-Jew and has trace non-kosher absorption in the kalim about how we go about koshering it to make it usable for a Jew. Based on what we've been learning here now, we'll understand some of the depth behind koshering a non-Jewish kalim from the non-kosher absorption. Whereby this requires fire. And we'll see that there are different types. As the Pasuk says, Only the gold and silver. And the Gemara learns out, Only, meaning if you want to use any of these vessels, you have to make sure that it has only gold. You've eliminated any non-kosher absorption that was in the cave. And the Pesach says, Kol dover Anything which came through fire is removed through fire, meaning any absorption into a vessel that was done through heat by cooking or roasting in that vessel, in order to get rid of that absorption, it requires fire. Because Rabbi Nezal explains in the chapter on the Kutimran that this halach is based on chapter 66, that one of the ways that we bring things from thought into action, from potential into actualization, is through dibur. Remember, the Zohar Kodesh says that the word Adam, Adam means man, the word Adam has three letters. The Aleph stands for Machshava, thought. There's a Pasuk, Va'a'alefcha I will teach you Chachma. Aleph, Va'a'alefcha. I'll teach you Chachma, that's Machshava. The Dalit stands for Dibur, and the Mem stands for Meiser. And the Zohar Kodesh says it's impossible for anything to happen in this world unless it goes through these three phases. Machshava, Dibur, and Meiser. So to go from Machshava to Maisa, we need that bridge, we need Dibur. And Rabbi Nezal expounds on this over there in Torah Samachot. Ushlemus ha-Dibur nimshach al-yidei ma-polas ho-rishon And perfection of Dibur is accomplished to the degree that we bring about the downfall of Rishon even nowadays, just like it's going to be in the future. And Rabbi Nezal brings Psukim to show this, where the Pesach says, Oz That in the future, even the nations of the world will speak a clear speech to call out Hashem. And the way that we bring about this downfall of the Rishon is through Emes. By us, davening Tashem and serving Hashem with the utmost of honesty and sincerity, 
where whatever we're doing, we're doing only for Hashem. There's no ulterior motives. There's no other motive whatsoever when I'm davening that people are watching me, anyone is seeing me, none of that. I'm only thinking about Hashem. And I'm not thinking Bishvil Parnosa, Vekovoit Chasashon. Certainly, I'm not davening a certain way so that people will give me money, I'll have Parnosa from it, or Kovoit. Rabbeinu Salveyon Likutimran is addressing different types of people, whether it's Chazonim or Rabbonim in certain cases, who are dependent on other people for Parnosa, or at least they think they're dependent on other people for Parnosa, and because of that, they have to put on a show performance. They have to daven a certain way and go about their avodas Hashem a certain way so that people will be impressed and give them money or give them more money. About that type of thing, the Gemara says, As soon as a person has to come on to other people, in whatever manner, whether it's for money or for kavod or anything else, that person's face changes. They take on a different face. And the face is the shehu or emes, which means their truth, their honesty changes. There's a posset, mevakshe ponecho Yaakov selo, that Yaakov Avinu is referred to as the pone. And we know that Yaakov Avinu is emes, titen emes liyakov. So nishtane ponov shehu or emes lekamogavne. Their face changes into many colors. I and Shem look over there and look at the Quran where Rabbein Hazal expounds on this. And when a person is to perfection of Dibur, where the Dibur is with pure emes, it's not enough. Letters, words alone are not enough. They must have vowels. Because again, words in, in Lashem Kodesh, the Dibur is made up of oisios and nekudos. Letters and vowels. Without the vowels, the letters can't move. And the way that we generate the vowels is through cheshek, through deep, powerful desire. Rabbi Nezal brings the Pasuk and Shirashirim, Nekudos HaKesef, that Nekudos are generated through Kisufen. Kisufen means deep, deep, intense yearning and longing and desire. And this is accomplished through the chesh, which is brought about through meniyas. When there's obstacles, when a person sees obstacles in their path and they want something, the fact that there are obstacles make them want it even more and push harder, try even harder. And through this powerful chesh, through the nekudas that are added to the oisiyas, through this we eliminate the obstacles. And then we're able to succeed in actualizing whatever we want to accomplish. Which is also an example of drawing this Pishnayim, which is the combination of the upper Ruach and the lower Ruach. This means to renew and rejuvenate the Ruach that we're drawing from Hashem. And it's through this new Ruach Hayim that we purify ourselves from all different types of Tumas. Because we mentioned earlier that the main Tumor is Tumas Mace. A dead body is the most powerful form of Tumor. So when we infuse ourselves with life, with Chayim, with new Chayim of Kedusha, 
we're getting rid of it tomorrow. And therefore, utensils or dishes or pots of a non-Jew that are used for food, and a Jew wants to eat from them, and as we learned earlier, eating is one of the ways that we draw Ruach Those utensils have to be kosher first through fire. What do we mean by fire? It could be dropping these utensils or plates into boiling hot water. Or using a blowtorch, actual fire. If it's an oven or a stovetop or something like that, boiling water isn't necessary enough. You need a blowtorch to make the metal white hot, in a sense, in order to get it to expel the trace absorption from it. And then afterwards, you toivel this keli in water, in a mikvah. Because by koshering the utensil through fire, through the boiling water or the libor, through this, we draw that power to bring about the defeat of Rishon, even now in this world. But we'll see in a minute. Rav Nelson will explain. Which brings about perfection of Dibor. Because the concept of this utensil or this path spitting out the trace absorption in it through fire, this is like spitting out and throwing out the evil people, throwing them out. Because Rishon are similar to this trace absorption, which is Klippa. And the main way that we defeat and bring about the downfall and, and spitting out of this trace, getting rid of it, is through fire. We know the Torah tells us that the final downfall of the Rishon in the future when there'll be that great day of judgment, will be through fire. Hashem judges with fire. There's another passage that says, the day is coming, when it'll burn like an oven. Because they come from fire, and fire destroys them. What does that mean? Rav Nassau explains now. These wicked people allow themselves to be warmed up, to be heated with a fire of desire, a tray fire of desire. The Zohar Kodesh refers to the Yitzhahara as Chom, the Mechamim Rufei de Barnash, because he heats up the body of a person with an intense desire for sin, for the wrong things. And the Zohar Kodesh says the word Yitzra. Yitzra is bigimatria eish, fire. Veloi dailohem bozer, and if that's not enough for these rishon, afgam heviru bohem eish hakino betzadike yemes ubekshere Yisrael. The Yitzhahara also arouses a fire in these rishon 
to become jealous of the true tzaddikim and the religious people, the rodfoisam, the chomine horidifos, and persecute them, persecute these tzaddikim and their, the people that are close to them with all kinds of persecutions. Al came, therefore, yemapolosam alidei ho'eshkanam. Their mapola will be through fire. It was a fire in, inside of them that caused them to commit the sins that they committed. It was a fire that caused them to be jealous and hate and resent the tzaddikim and people close to them and attack them. And therefore, their tikkun will be through fire. V'zeh b'chinas hechsher kelim. And this is also the concept of koshering a keli that l'hafleto yisr to get it to spit out the, the trace absorption in it, through the fire. We bring about the downfall of the Rishon, who represent this non-kosher absorption through fire. And then the Gemara tells us, According to how you used a vessel, that will define how you kosher the vessel. Meaning, for example, spoons and forks, which you don't usually use directly on fire. You use them with hot food. You'll use it with boiling hot chicken soup or hot meat. So therefore, the tikkun for it is through boiling hot water. Whereas a pot that's placed directly on the fire, there the tikkun for it is through actual fire, not boiling water. Because according to the degree and manner in which the forbiddenness attached itself to the vessel, which is the Russia, through fire, so too we have to spit it out and bring about its downfall through fire. Therefore we conclude, that the concept of koshering utensils through fire is similar to the downfall of the Rishonim. And this is what leads to a perfection of Dibur. Note, the Torah speaks about Dibur as Eish also. Hashem says that the words of Kedusha, the words of Torah and Tfilah, are like Eish. There's a Pesach and Tillin, Cham Libi Bekirbi, my heart is hot inside of me, Behagigi Tivaresh, when I think deeply, a fire burns, Dibarti Belishoni, and I give forth that fire, I speak out, I speak with fire with my tongue. This is speaking about a person speaking words of Torah and Tfilah with his slavos, with a passion. And this is what the Pesach says, only the gold and silver of these non-Jews are you allowed to use, which means you have to get rid of any other stuff that's been absorbed in the gold and silver. V'dosh Rabbi Seinazal, our rabbis, expound on this in the Gemara, that we have to remove the rust, the junk that's attached itself to the metal. And 
And this also alludes to the fact that it's impossible to bring about the downfall of the Rishon, which is synonymous to getting rid of the trace absorption in the Kali without emes. You need truth. And this means getting rid of the covering. Chaluda means rust that covers the Kali. You have the concept of silver plated, gold plated. It's not silver, it's some other metal. They just put a covering on it to make it look like silver, to make it look like coal, like this, like chaluda, like rust that's on top of metal. We have to first remove from the gold and silver the excesses, so that the only thing that remains is the actual gold, the actual silver, in its original form, as Rashi Kodesh points out over there, on that posseg, and that's what that word ach implies. Ach means only, only the truth, no garbage. The Gemara always says ach is a mute. Ach comes to exclude something. It comes to exclude any of the excesses. There should be no rust, no excesses. The metal should be actual metal. These are the words of Rashi over there. And this is similar to the concept of truth. That the whatever it is, is the way it actually is. And don't cover it with anything, any stuff. Rust, which damages gold or silver. It covers it and hides it to the point where when gold gets rusty, you can't differentiate between gold and copper. It looks the same as copper. This is similar to the concept when you have falseness, lies, covering over the truth, to the point where the truth isn't recognizable. This means that when a person is trying to daven, when a person is trying to speak to Hashem, and all kinds of extraneous thoughts are coming into their mind, they're thinking about other things at the time, and there's pneus, they're putting on a show or performance for people that are there, they want people to see how holy they are, how they're davening a certain way. Through this, this ends up covering and hiding the truth, the real sincerity of the person. To the point where you can't recognize the difference between emes and sheker. And we know that Rabbeinazal in Likut Imran, in chapter 9, and also in Torah Kufiud Beis, in several places, tells us that one of the most critical components in tefillah is emes. Emes is a light. When the Yitzhara tries to surround the person with darkness, to block the person's tefillah in whatever ways he does, emes is a spotlight, a bright light that shines through any kind of darkness in the world and can see to it that the person's tefillah should penetrate and get to where it's supposed to get to. Rabbeinus approves it from Tevas Noyach, that up in heaven, they crave, they yearn for 
Emes, the first letter is Amo Techaleno Nilmola, spells the word Emes. And we've mentioned that the Bnei Socha brings that we say in the morning, a person should always have fear of Hashem and admit to the truth. And that's not enough. Even in his heart, he should be honest, 100% honest and truthful. How does a person show their honesty? person gets up in the morning and says to Hashem, We're not coming to you as if we're a tzaddik. I'm not making believe I'm a tzaddik. I'm not fooling myself or trying to fool other people to think that I'm a tzaddik. But rather I'm relying only on your infinite kindness, Hashem. So the Bnei Sochar says, If you're a tzaddik, I could understand you saying to Hashem, Hashem, listen, I'm a tzaddik, so, you know, it would be great for you to help me. But if you're not a tzaddik, shut up. Don't talk about it. You have to say I'm not a tzaddik. That's going to help you? And he says, definitely, that's going to help you. That's the moida al ho'emes, v'doi v'emes bovovoi, because we said, anachnu mapilen tachnuneinu. The first letters of anachnu mapilen tachnuneinu. We are presenting our plea. The first letters, they make up the word emes that this is one of the most critical, powerful components of tefillah, the level of honesty and sincerity with which the person is speaking to Hashem. The alkane, and therefore, plitas ho'isur, getting rid of the, the traith, shehu b'chinas mapolas ho'rishon, which is synonymous with the downfall of rishon, i'efshah kiem al yidei shemaviren ha'chaluta tefillah. Step one is, to get rid of the trace that's attached to the keli, the rust, the metal, the which is similar to the falseness that's covering the truth. So that what will remain will be only the actual item itself with no false coverings. Which is the truth. Ki emes hu because as Rabbi Nezal points out in Torah Nunalev, chapter 51, truth is one. Because when I want to say the truth about something, I can only say one thing about it to define what it really is. If something is gold and I want to tell the truth about it, I say it's gold. And I don't say it's, it's anything else. And so too silver. But falseness, lies, are many. If I want to lie about gold, I could say it's copper, it's lead, it's tin, it's whatever you want. Look over there and turn to Aleph, where Rabbi Nezal goes into this. Only the gold, the silver, and copper, which are all types of metals, they represent all the different types of coins, of money. Gold coins, silver coins, copper coins. These colors, these are, are, are in holiness, represent very, very high level things. We know that in the base Samikdosh, you have to have Zohov and Kesef and Nechoshes. Which Rabbein Zal speaks about in several places in the Kutimah, based on the Zohar Kodesh. 
אבל מי שלא יפעל את טייבס מומרים וקוברי, אבל אדם שמתחיל לתקציב לכסף או עונר, רספקט, והוא בכלל נצרך לבריאות כנראה, ואיזה אדם נצרך אנשים, רספקט של אנשים, הם נצרך כסף מאנשים, שם הוא בכינס מפילס הגבנן הנאר. There, these colors ha- are in a fallen state. Shehu Bechinas, as the Gemara says, Kivan shenitzrech odom lebriyos, nishtane ponov lekamagavne. As soon as a person has to come on to other people, their face changes to all kinds of different colors. Shehu ma shemechata hasheker deizemes. And this includes a case of a person who hides their false intentions with a little bit of truth, meaning they put their sheker in Tavoides Hashem, in Tetoyer and Tetfilah. And there are many different diverse types of this. Which have come about as a result of the holy colors of gold and silver falling as a result of the sin of Adam Arisha, and as a result of all these sins throughout the generations. Ki ikr roiv ha-pniyos shel kolecha hu be'inyan ha-momoy ka-yadua. Because the majority of false pretenses and ulterior motives that people have is usually related to money. V'alkein marumaz b'posik zeh bitul ha-sheker. And therefore, in this Pasuk that we're referring to, it hints to us this concept of eliminating the Sheker, the falseness. Only the gold, no additives. That the gold should remain the way it is. Meaning these holy colors, these holy lights, that are found in gold and silver should be the way they are. And a person shouldn't change them in any way because of ulterior motives and, and fakeness of the desire for money. Because if a person does that, they're damaging and they're bringing sheker into these holy colors. Yalkein, and therefore, ha-kelim shor'akum, utensils that were used by a non-Jew, shor'itzim lechol b'maychel Yisroel, and now we want to use it for Jewish food, sh'ayideizem amshich n'aru ha-chayim, by which we draw life, sh'ubichin azmoitzim yikoyach ha-apoyal, al-kein tzrichin hechshir al-yidei ho-eish. Therefore, it requires kashon through fire, v'havoraz ha-chalud ha-tchilo, and getting rid of the stuff that's stuck onto the keli, that's been absorbed into the keli. That's similar to the concept of the downfall of Rishon, which leads to Shlemus Hadibor. And only afterwards can you toivel that keli in a mikvah. That's what adds the vowels to the letters. And we bring the Ruach Chaim from Koyach, from potential, into actualization. That's this spirit of purity and holiness, 
which comes from that divine spirit of Hashem that hovers over the waters that we've been discussing throughout this halacha. And it's the combination of these, the fire and the water, the fire first to get rid of the, the Esau that's been absorbed in the keli, and then the toiveling in water, which draws the Ruach HaChayim of Kedusha on it, that's what brings about a complete purification. Any questions? Morning, Rav Nossam. It always amazes me that such a, such a big concept is hinted to in just, ah, it's such an important concept. Shouldn't it be like more in your face? The answer is it is. But Sadiqim, the rabbis, when you learn Gemara, you see how the Gemara teaches you to look out for certain, we know there's key words. People that use computers today, when a search engine, you have to put keywords into your thing, and then the search engine knows to pick up on that word immediately. Well, I have to, in the Torah, there are keywords. Ach, rock. Whenever it uses that word, there's a red light flash. Whoa, 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 hold on. Hashem didn't have to say ach. He could have said, hazohabaka, gold and silver Torah. What's only? There's no extra words in the Torah. And here again, I compare it, Lahavdil, Lahavdil, Elif, the Super Bowl, when there's something very important that millions of people are going to be watching, they have to pay a million dollars for 10 seconds of advertisement in the Super Bowl. A hundred million people are watching the Super Bowl. So to advertise during the Super Bowl, Lahavdil, Elif, in the Torah, it's a trillion dollars a word. It's a trillion dollars a letter. Every letter in the Torah is worlds and worlds and worlds dependent on it. And it's the Chachamim, the Torah Shabbat that opens our eyes, that Sadiqim were given the formulas, the 13 formulas, and, and the teachings to, to know how to interpret every single word. The Zohar the Tikkunay Zohar, the deepest part of the entire Zohar Kodesh and all of Kabbalah, the, the Sefer that's the deepest Sefer in the world, 70 chapters, basically on the word Bereshis the first word on the Torah. It includes also the, other, the, 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 the whole sentence, but 99% of it is included in that first word in the Torah. And Rabbi Nezal said that just like Rabbi Shema Baruch was able to produce a Tikkun Ezer on the word Bereshis, we have to believe we could also produce a Tikkun Ezer on the next, on, on the word S, on the word Shema, on every word of the Torah. Because Hashem is infinite, the Torah is infinite, literally infinite. Every word of the Torah, infinite. Rabbi Nassau first came to Rabbi Nassau. Rabbi Nassau told him and his friends that were together about three stories. And one of the stories that he told him at the time was, he said that the Balatanya once gave a Dvar Torah to his Talmidim, and one of his students wrote Chidushim for eight years on that one Dvar Torah. Eight years of and Rav Nassar writes, he understood that Rav Nassar was, was informing him, listen very carefully to what you're going to hear here, because the words of Torah coming from Sadiqin, it's not just what they're saying. Their words are infinite. They multiply. You can draw millions of chidushin from their words, as Rav Nassar did from the Likut Imran. The Likut Imran is a few hundred pages. The Likut Elohis is a few thousand pages based on some of the Likuti Mara. Question regarding toiveling in a mikvah. Is it preferred to go into a hot mikvah, cold mikvah? It, it's your kavona, it's your intention. That's more than anything. There is a posik, bonu bo'eshu al kiddushimecha. 
Hashem, we've gone into fire and water to sanctify your name. When a person goes into a hot mikvah, that's one of the kavanas that a person should have, that I'm going into fire and water for Hashem, for Hashem, for a mitzvah. Both are helpful, and it's recommended generally health-wise to go into both, to go into a hot mikvah first, which opens up the pores of the skin and releases negative things, and then go into cold, which closes it back up. And I remember my Rebbe, Rebbe Chazor used to prefer to do that when he was able to, when he was able to, to do both. But either one is very good, the kavana. When a person goes into a cold, make for sometimes people who have difficulty with cold, or the cold wakes the person up, each one has benefits. The Gemara Yevamas, for those that are learning Daf Yoimi now, yesterday's page in the Gemara spoke about a person who passes away in water, and the body in cold water that the cold water preserves, in a sense. There's a, a letter that Ranachman Tulchimer wrote, which in some of the Likut is it's printed in the front of the Likut where he writes about that Ranachman once came out of the mikveh in the morning, and he was so excited, and he spoke about the incredible power of water, that Hashem created water. Water is an unbelievable thing, unbelievable koyach, that it refreshes and it rejuvenates, and, and that was when he mentioned the fact that the word mikveh has two translations in Hebrew. Mikvah means a gathering, a gathering of water is called a mikvah, and mikvah means hope. And he said both are true, that by a Jew toivering in the mikvah, that's the hope that ensures that, that there's hope for that person, that that person will be zerchet to tshuva, you know, it's one of the critical components. Anyone else, please? Rabbi, if we're talking about the technicalities of mikvah, the amount of time to be at the mikvah, uh, how should we approach that? Good question. And the answer is, who just got married, I was going to put on a talus for the first time in the Ashkenaz community, so he asked one of the great tzaddikim, what kavana should I have when I'm putting on the talus? He said the most important kavana you should have is not to smack anybody in the face with your talus. Some people wrap themselves in the talus, and anyone within an eight-feet radius gets smacked in the face with their tzitzit. He said that's the most important kavana. So the most important kavana in terms of spending time in a mikvah is that it should not be at the expense of anyone else who wants to go to the mikvah. That's step number one. And step number two, a mikvah is a holy place. And children should also be taught that. This is not a swimming pool. We've learned a little bit. Throughout Likut HaLachas, we're going to have maybe 50 explanations of how special mikvah is, what mikvah is all about. So that the person goes in there, like they're going into the Beis HaMikdosh, like they're going into a very holy place, with focus, with concentration. With that in mind, if there's no one, if you're not bothering anybody else, a person could do their thing. A person could do four tefillahs, 13 tefillahs. There's a concept of 310 tefillahs, depending on all kinds of different circumstances. And again, not at the expense of coming late to davening. People are going to spend time in the mikveh and then show up in the middle of psuke gazette. That's not either a smart thing to do. Each thing in, in its place. As far as dressing room in a mikvah, while we're on the subject, not a place for conversations or talking. When people are getting dressed or undressed, it's a time to focus on what you're doing, to do it with kedusha, to do it with holiness and speed. It's written about Rav Nosenzal. Rav said that one of the most important things that prepared him for a leadership position in, in Klal Yisrael, that prepared Rav Nosenzal, was his speed. People who saw him said he'd come into the dressing room, the mikvah, somebody would be starting to put on their socks 
after having toiled and gotten dressed, and Rav Mosesau will go in, get undressed, go into the mikvah and come out either together with that person or before that person. That's how quick he was. That's the incredible Zrizus in the getting undressed and dressed, you know, to prepare for the mikvah. And regarding being covered, uncovered, there's an aspect of busha on the body, right? But there's an aspect also of not being misbayish on the bris. Correct, definitely. I had the privilege of going to the mikvah at times with Reb Michal Zechonavrachal, with Reb Moshe Bushtin Zechonavrachal, and watch the way they conducted themselves. Reb Moshe Bushtin, for example, was careful to wear his yarmulke and even to get undressed. He went at four o'clock in the morning where there weren't people there. He would complete the getting undressed the undergarments right near the mikvah, right near the mikvah, hang it up, so that there was minimum amount of time of walking around completely undressed and without a yarmulke. Also, by Renichel, it wasn't that much of a cut on that, but certainly if a person can, if it's a large dressing room and you're walking across a large area, if it's possible for the person to cover themselves to a degree with a towel, it's preferred to cover the bris, that kind of thing. But again, there's a certain level of doing it where the Torah says that a person should not be ashamed or embarrassed about the bris koidish. But that's when entering into the mikvah, definitely when you're among people, to try to maintain the tzniyus, not to be uncovered completely. Paragraph Memdalid. This goes into, I believe, next week's parsha, Parsha's Pinchas. Hashem had just informed Moshe Rabbeinu that he must pass away. Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu pleaded with Hashem that he should be zeichet to leave behind a student that will be able to draw that double light, which is the two ruchos that we've been speaking about throughout this halacha. This is why Moshe Rabbeinu refers to Hashem here as the Hashem of Ruchais. The word Ruchais means minimum of two. Referring to the two Ruchais we've been discussing throughout this halacha. Ruach de Leila, the Ruach de Lesata, the upper Ruach and lower Ruach, Shubhinas Pishnai, which is this double. Because the main eternal perfection, the, the main final goal is going to be achieved through this Pishnai, through this double. Through the fact that the Tzadik, who is like Moshe Rabbeinu, tries as hard as he can with his great power throughout his lifetime to leave behind students, that after the tzaddik passes away, which means he rises, he goes higher, the tzaddik becomes greater, these students will be able to draw from him that double, that double power. And through this, Everything and everyone will be repaired eternally. Question, can it be said literally that when we cast our vessels in fire, 
we're really bringing about the downfall of the wicked? The answer is, it's not just a metaphor. Rav Nassau is showing the connection between these two. So here again, some of this can have to do with Kavona. We have the example where Kali Yisrael has an army, and the army trains for months, training and weapons and all kinds of things, and they're training to go up against the enemy. And you have a tzaddik who's going to the mikvah to toivel his kalim. And the army thinks that's what's, what's going to define whether the bullet is going to hit the target, whether the Jew is going to kill the non-Jew, or vice versa, is how much training they have. And they don't know that it could be the avoider of the tzaddikim in toivling kalim and kashring kalim. That's what's going to ensure and guarantee the success or chas the lack of success of an army will bring about the downfall of Rishon. We're being shown here that every action of Kedusha has tremendous effectiveness. I'm scheduled this morning, later in the morning, to give a shir about Eretz Yisrael. And I was starting to research it, and I saw that I need about eight to 900 shirin to discuss what Rabbeinu Zal and Rav Zal write about Eretz Yisrael, just about Eretz Yisrael. And in one of the chapters in Likutiman, Rabbi Nezal begins by saying, chapter 55, In order to be able to see the downfall of Rishon and enemies, a person needs the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. And he brings a Pasuk, an obvious Pasuk in Tehillim, where Hashem says, Shave Liyamini, sit down to my right, sit down at my right, so that I'll make your enemies into a footstool for your feet. And the Gemara says the right is Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is called Yemin. Binyamin was called Ben Yemin because he was born in Eretz Yisrael. So Rabbi Nezal says it's through the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael that we're able to see the downfall. So, here, so, so, so what, what, how, do we, how do we do this? How do we make this happen? by believing in the Kiddush of Eretz Yisrael. The, the Gemara says a person who doesn't believe that Yom Kippur works, for that person, it doesn't work. It will not forgive for his sins. To the degree that a person believes in every word of the Torah and every mitzvah and the importance of every mitzvah and every word in the Torah, to that degree, it becomes a missile, an arrow, more, more than a missile. It becomes a nuclear weapon to be able to bring about Yeshua's for Kral Yisrael. We know the Torah says when the Jews were battling Amalek, when Moshe Rabbeinu lifted up his hands, the, the army was winning. When his hands were down, the army wasn't. And the Gemara says, does it mean his hand means when they were looking up to Hashem, when everything, when it was all about Hashem, then Kral Yisrael experiences incredible success. Any other questions? Now, this is one of the 20, 30 places in Likut HaRuchas, where Rav Nosnesal is going to touch again on the topic of Koirach, and then a little bit more on the topic of the holiday of Shavuos, a little bit more on the topic of Hech Shorkeilin, and then we'll have a Siyam, Mitzvah Shem, on this Halacha Mitzvah Wishing everybody a wonderful day and week. We should be zorcha to absorb what we're learning, to believe in the significance of every mitzvah in the Torah. Rabbi Nosnesal once made a statement that when a Jew twirls his payas, there are heavenly worlds that move with him. Here he wasn't even talking about growing pace or cutting off your pace. Just every move that a Jew makes has incredible significance. The closer the person is to Hashem, the closer a person is to tzaddikim, 
the more every move they make has greater significance in affecting the whole world around them. Because we've stressed throughout, the whole world was created for B'nai Yisrael, for each and every Jew. Everything is wired to Klal Yisrael. Every move we make in a positive direction, or chas v'shom, the opposite, affects the, the world and all of the worlds. Baruch Hashem.